The San Francisco 49ers are on the hunt for a defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio will not be that guy. He is being hired by the Miami Dolphins, and it's time for the Crocker Senior Bowl report as he is now back from Mobile, Alabama on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at DD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. Uh, Croc, as you can tell, if you're watching this on YouTube, is is blacked out. He's uh, he's got no power in Monticello, Arkansas. So you come back the from the whole Oakland. town. <laughs> That's crazy. So like down power lines and all kinds of craziness going on in Arkansas right now. Uh, I guess it's uh, it's your turn for some storms after what Californians went through uh, for the last month or so. So yeah, um, but you saw a lot of prospects in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. So I'm going to pick your brain on some of those guys, maybe some potential San Francisco 49ers that get started in the draft around pick 100, but a lot of day, uh, late day two, uh, early day three, there's there's prospects that come out of the senior bowl all throughout the draft. So uh, the yeah. 49ers will likely be drafting one or two or 10 of those guys that Croc saw this week in Mobile, Alabama. First order business, though, is the defense coordinator position for the 49ers. This is pretty important. The 49ers have had two really good ones that have gone on to get head coach jobs. And as reported, it was reported last week that Vic Fangio was very interested in the Miami Dolphins job. But uh, I find it interesting, Croc, that he waited. He waited to interview for the 49ers job. And so that tells me he was at least interested and wanted to have that conversation. And it's something we've been talking about for a long time, kind of predicting that D'Amico Ryans was going to get a head coaching job this offseason and that Vic Fangio was kind of hung hung around the team a little bit and, you know, uh, was golfing with John Lynch in the summertime. Uh, that he might be the guy for the 49ers. And he's a well-respected, one of the best defensive coordinators we've seen in the NFL for a while and has done that very job very well for the San Francisco 49ers in the past. But in the end, after talking with the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan did not hire Vic Fangio. Do you get the feeling this is Fangio saying, ah, okay, we talked about it. I'm going to go to Miami. I like the the weather or the, the tax benefits or whatever better there. Or do you think it was Kyle Shanahan saying, yeah, you no, know, I don't want to run a three-four defense or uh, or whatever. I was going to ask you: Have you have you been to Miami? I've never been to Miami. I've been yeah. to Florida. Well, not Miami. <clears throat> well, a- after going and I was there a few weeks ago, I could see why he would choose signing with Miami over being with the 49ers. And okay. I'll kind of leave that at yeah. at that part from okay. from the the off-field stuff. Man, it's right. it's a vibe. It's yeah. been cold out here. In Monticello, California, you know, you have decent weather during this time. It was 80 degrees <laughs> when I was there. I, I, I ran on the beach with my shirt off, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's probably an easy sale for the wife as well. And that's one part, you know, people forget about when it comes to coaching. It's not just you and moving around. You're moving around with your significant other, with your wife. So, yeah. you know, you're going to do what's best for you, of course, and, you know, and for the long term, but. You know, you want to make the happy the wife happy as well. And I know if I was taking a job, I'd say, hey, babe, here are the two scenarios. These are the two teams. You know, if you had your choice, where would it be? If my wife said, 
Miami, you know, obviously you do your due diligence and you have to make a legit business decision that's best for you. But yeah, yeah, I, I can see why. Miami. But yeah, I, I do think it was more so uh, just maybe fit. You know, the the uh, I did hear Kyle Shanahan talk about the scheme and different things. We talked about these two guys, right? And or and the two different uh, defenses, right? You got the three four, you got the four three, and then really the biggest difference is standing up some guys, right? With Nick Bosa, with uh, the, the kid at USC, Drake Jackson. You know, you'd have to stand those guys up and then maybe add that traditional nose tackle and and have Armstead play more of that. 3-4 in, and maybe even Kenlon play 3-4 in as well. Maybe he'd be better at that. So I don't think it's as big of a shift as people think. Uh, you could make that adjustment, but uh, I wonder if that is something that kind of played out. Where yeah, Kyle, I mean, Kyle specifically likes the defense that the 49ers runs. Yeah, the, the vibe I got is he wanted continuity. Kyle did not want to uh, lose a bunch of coaches. So that'll be interesting. So it sounds like he might be playing hardball with D'Amico Ryans too and not losing a bunch of coaches. So does that mean he's going to hire from within? Real quick, just talking about Fangio. I do think the 3 4 4 is a, a little bit too overblown because teams are in sub so much. Then you have four down linemen. It's like, you know, Nick Bosa can play 3 4 outside linebacker just like Alden Smith did, right? I mean, it's, right. it's not an issue. It's not a problem. He's an all pro dude and, and he would be awesome in that scheme. And he would have his hand in the dirt more times than he would be standing up anyway. Um, and I kind of think the 49ers need a nose tackle anyway. So uh, that wouldn't be necessarily the, the worst thing if, if that's what happened. Um, and, you know, and, and defenses are so multiple. We've seen how the 49ers scheme has changed from Sala to, to D'Amico Ryans. And it's like I, it's, it's hard to even say what their base defense really is, right? Because they, they show some looks and then they'll um, move guys around. They play a little bit of everything. They play some zone. They play some man. And, and Vic Fancho is the same way. He's pretty multiple. He does a lot of cover four stuff. But there's a reason a lot of his disciples around the league. And, so um, I I don't I I hope and I I caught some flack on Twitter some people got mad at me and I didn't say this is the case but I, I hope it's not necessarily that that uh, it's not straight scheme that Kyle said no to Fangio if he indeed if he indeed if he indeed did say no to Fangio and I definitely hope it's not like an ego thing where Kyle's like okay this is a an old well respected guy that maybe has too loud of a voice because I do think Kyle Shanahan both good and bad is a little bit of a control freak and he is um, a little bit a little yeah, bit of a control freak he's a lot of bit of a control freak yeah. and he does probably doesn't want someone to come in and be like all right kyle i'm run the defense you do the offense and we're good yeah i think he wants to be the top of the pyramid and and wants control over as much as he can so for that reason maybe he does go with an internal promotion as he has done in the past and we talked, you know, threw out some names of guys that it could be. Uh, we are going to talk about D'Amico Ryans and some of the guys that he uh, requested to interview. So do, do you have the names of any of those guys? I do have the names of those guys. Um, one more aspect of the Vic Fangio thing, too, is and I think this might even probably, now that I think about it, be the number one issue for Kyle Shanahan is someone wanting to come in and bring all of their own coaches in. Because I think it sounded like Kyle Shanahan wanted to bring a lot of his own, keep a lot of his own coaches. Yeah. So that might have been a big one too. And he's like, oh, I want to bring in Ed Donatel, and I want to bring in all these guys, and I want to bring in well, Tom Sula or whatever. Probably not Tom Sula, but um, to coach D line. And that might that might have been something where Kyle's like, Nah, I want more continuity. I want to keep as many of these coaches around as I can. So right. you, um, you're going to have some of the play, same guys as far as the defense goes, right? I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of turnover there. They know the scheme. They understand the scheme. Obviously, they do a great job of executing this game. It feels like mm -hmm. almost no matter who's out there, they do a really good job. 
So, yeah, you want to keep as much of that together as possible and not have to change the language and what these guys are used to. Because I, I can tell you this, defensives, a lot of guys run similar schemes, but if it is something that's completely different and you're using different verbiage, man, I mean, it, it takes a while to kind of grasp that and, and truly understand what it, is, what it is that this coach wants. Like right now, whatever defense they've been running between D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala, it's very, 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 very similar. D'Amico Ryans might have his own little twist on certain things that he kind of, you know, like from when his, his playing days. But for the most part, the scheme in, 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 at his core is very similar. Yeah. And, and, and you change that, it, it, it could change the way guys – you don't want your guys thinking too much and having to learn something totally different. If, if, you, if you have the chance to keep it as, as similar as possible. And it's, it's like the details, right, Croc? So, like, maybe you know where to be. You know you're lining up in this coverage and doing this. But maybe in, in this scheme, you're supposed to be shading here instead of shading over here. And just little small details like that that might right. change things. And then, you know, if you're playing a step slow, that's one of the big things that Domingo Ryan's and, and Robert Saul's defenses have both done is, is play really fast. And it's hard to think – it's hard to play fast when you're thinking. I, I think the best way to explain it is um, for those of you that have, you know, changed girlfriends. Right. Say you had a girlfriend for three years. You know everything about that girl, right? You know how she works. You know the things she likes, she doesn't like. Um, you understand how to maneuver or whatever, how to make her happy, whatever it is. You get a new girlfriend. There's this filling out process, and it takes a while, right? It's not something that just happens overnight. Obviously, you go through the honeymoon stage. Oh, great! But then when it's like, oh man, I have to truly understand this person and how they think. That's a that's a process, you know. So it's it's very similar with coaches, where you know this one coach and you know how he does things. And if you can keep as much as that together as possible, you you, you should do that. And I, and I like Kyle's thinking on that. And I'm sure everybody out there know has friends that have a type, right? Uh, a certain type of, of person that they they find attractive or that they're always attracted to. And uh, yeah, I guess it's just like yeah, I'm a I'm a four four. I'm a three four guy. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a four three guy. Yeah. No, I guess <laughs> I'm a five two. There's some five twos happening around the league now as well. Uh, so. Next, let's talk about some names. Let's talk about some names for the 49ers job that they're uh, interviewing. Let's talk about some names of uh, the the that the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryans has requested to interview from the 49ers staff next. And, of course, some senior bull chatter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner, hiring, manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently, find the candidates that you want to talk to faster, uh, match these open roles with people who have the skills, the values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. And uh, D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan could probably both be using LinkedIn jobs right now because these are really important hires that these coaches are going through at this portion of the NFL offseason. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Croc, did you happen to catch any of the D'Amico Ryan's press conference with the Houston Texans today? I did not. How how was it? 
dude was so impressive. I was blown away. Like we've heard, we've heard D'Amico Ryan's talk a little bit, but like I, I, I can totally see how he could blow away these job interviews and have been the number one candidate for so many teams. Like it was one of the best opening press conferences I've ever seen for a first time head coach. You remember Tom Sula? And like people still think to this day that he farted during the press conference. He uh, did fart. Yeah, and uh, Nick Sirianni. I mean, he's going to the Super Bowl now, but Nick Sirianni had a really weird press conference. Um, remember Chip Kelly when he got hired? He didn't even have any. He he, he just wore sweats. He, not not to the interview or not to the press conference, but when he flew to San Francisco, all he had, or Santa Clara, all he had was like sweats. He had to go find a, a suit really quick, and everything was like thrown together really fast. D'Amico Ryan's. He was sitting there with Cal McNair, the owner, and Nick Sirianni, the GM, and his answers were so good. And I saw the chat from Texans fans. They were really ready to run through the wall. Uh, it was super impressive. Like Texans fans, I think you're going to be ecstatic hearing him talk. Now they got to go do it and put that team together. But it, it was a really impressive press conference by D'Amico Ryan. You, you know, they gave him a six-year contract. So do you think it's similar? Like he learned from the situation? It, listen, experience is so key. When we talk about we, we'll get into the quarterbacks and stuff like that. One guy with no experience and the other guy that does have a lot of experience. I think with this, with D'Amico Ryan, he's learned from – some of the things that went on with San Francisco, like they gave Kyle Shanahan a six-year contract from the start. Like you have six years to turn this thing around, which you had to do that because the previous two coaches were each fired after one year. It was a terrible situation. You had to tear down the entire roster. And I think the Houston Texans, it's a very similar situation where you you fired two uh, coaches back-to-back years, right? And it's a totally rebuild-type situation. They did do a good job throughout the draft last year they got some foundational pieces but hey man i need some stability i need to know i'm going to be here for the long haul so give me that six-year contract and i think he might have learned from kyle shanahan and john lynch in that whole situation he talked about that he talked about so many things he learned and and what he was going to take from the different places he'd been he talked about what he's going to learn from kyle shanahan and the san francisco 49ers organization and he talked about um gary kubiak was his first head coach when he was with the Houston Texans talk about what he learned from him and, and how important it was to build the right culture and, and be and and, and, and be accountable and all these things and, and, and be a man and, and, you know, all, all these really great lessons. And then I, I forgot that when he went to the Philadelphia Eagles, he was coached by Andy Reid. So, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid group of, of head coaches that he's either played or coached with in his career, like Kubiak, ton of success, um, Andy Reid, you know, is is a Hall of Fame head coach, and Kyle Shanahan is like on the Andy Reid path, like right. pre Super Bowl win right now, you know. So, um, and then she, and then Chip Kelly came over to the Eagles after that, and he said, uh, "It's funny, the thing he said he would take from Chip Kelly was the innovativeness and um, and utilizing, uh, you know, cutting edge technology and those things." And then some, he didn't mention anything else though. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's smart. so yeah, he talked about taking uh, really important things from all the places he'd been. It was it was a, it was a great press conference but he's also trying that dirty dog is also trying to steal some coaches from the san francisco 49ers and according to aaron wilson who covers the the houston texans locally there he said the texans have interest in 49ers pass game specialist and secondary coach uh he was uh cory unlin and cory unlin for their def- defensive coordinator position cory unlin was the uh, defensive coordinator for the Lions for one season, so in the, uh, the 2020. So, yeah, obviously not a great team. So his defensive coordinator resume isn't great. But I would say if there was a promote from within for the 49ers, 
Corey Undlin would probably be the top guy on the list for the 49ers as well, just because of the experience. He's coached for 20 years. He's been a defensive coordinator for a year, and they could simultaneously give him play calling duties, defensive coordinator duties, and then give someone like Daniel Bullock's a raise to that pass game's secondary coach specialist sort of a role as well and keep both of those guys around. And the, the key there is also if the 49ers wanted to promote Corey Undlin, I would guess that he would stay with the 49ers, not only because of familiarity and a better team, but because he would be able to call the plays. And I would expect that D'Amico Ryans wants to call the plays with the Houston Texans, even though he's bringing in a defensive coordinator. Yeah, you got to, uh, again, following in Kyle Shanahan's footsteps. And was one thing Kyle Shanahan did, hey, I got an offensive coordinator and this guy named Mike McDaniel, but I'm still going to be calling the plays. And especially until you kind of uh, get guys to truly understand what it is that you want them to do, I would do it that way. Because look at what Demi, uh, not Demico Ryan, excuse me, Robert Sala did. He got a, a, a defense coordinator, Jeff Overbrook. And from day one, it's like, all right, you are the DC. You're the guy. And I'm just going to be the CEO of this whole thing. And that's great. But I think you have to truly establish, like, the side of the ball that you work on, the thing that got you the job, can you get that set up and, and set that culture and then go ahead and kind of delegate things to these other guys? And we've seen that in the past with like Andy Reid and uh, Bruce Arians where they are the play caller and they try to let someone else do it for a while. And then it's like it's kind of never as good as when they did it, you know. And and so you don't want to run into that either. But when you're a head coach, there's so many other things to do. And I thought that was pretty smart with Robert Sala if he believed in Jeff Ulbrich's ability to call the defense and, and call the plays. And it seemed like it's going okay on that side of the ball for the New York Jets. So we'll see if it, it, I don't have any indication yet on whether or not maybe uh, D'Amico Ryan's does that as well. So who knows if uh, if he's going to hire a defensive coordinator that will call plays or if he's going to call the plays himself. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the Texans have submitted a request to interview 49ers offensive or 49ers pass game coordinator Bobby Slowick for their offensive coordinator position. And also the commanders have requested to speak with running backs coach and assistant head coach Anthony Lynn for the commanders vacant offensive coordinator job. So uh, a couple of uh, potential a couple of big potential losses there. Like if the 49ers would lose like Undlin and Slowick and Anthony Lynn, like you're already losing a lot of guys. Uh, and and then they might try to take it, bring over some of the other guys underneath them from the 49ers as well. Does it feel like as long as the 49ers have Kyle Shanahan as the head coach and he's the offensive minded guy, everything else would kind of fall into place? Because he's that lost way. a ton of coaches. Yeah. I and mean, he's losing guys, he's losing coordinators, he's losing guys every single year. And it feels like overall, like the team still plays like the team. Right. Yeah. And it's and then it, it, he's found some gems that way, too. Like, would he have found Brian Greasy if he didn't lose a whole bunch of coaches in the past? You know, um, if Brian Greasy is really a gem, which it seems like the early returns are good. It's hard to know. That's the other thing with what we're talking about here with coordinators and coaches. It's really hard to know. And people always ask me, like, oh, yeah, who's the next hot coordinator around the league? He's like, I have no idea. Like internally in circles, there's always these names that you see a lot and they're they're hot names for a reason. But I have no idea. It's so hard yeah. to know exactly what goes on with some of these coaches behind the scenes. And, and that's the whole thing. And I know we're going to get to this because I've been wanting to talk about this whole fire Kyle Shanahan thing. And, you know, you got some people, oh, you, you how do you get better from him? And some people are like, oh, you just can him. All right. But I will say this. There's always coaches that you haven't really heard of. And you'll hear about certain names, right? We always hear about the office coordinator over in Kansas City. And, and you heard of Brian Dayball. And he's doing an amazing job with the Giants. But – 
there are all kinds of other names as well that you typically kind of you you kind of hear but don't like the lions offensive coordinator whoever he is yeah ben like, johnson he's killing it ben johnson yeah. there you go like killing it whoever just got that vikings head coaching job and and what he was able to do in that first year so mm -hmm. i mean there are guys that you maybe even if it's not a hot name to us because we hear the same retread names but there are guys out there that it's like hey man they're, they're qualified and if you have a good structure and kind of team around it you can have some success so i think kyle though he is the the structure i think that's why there doesn't seem to be a, a this huge drop off even though a lot of people early on like, oh he misses mike mcdaniel uh, halfway through the years like, oh, i don't think he misses him anymore nope nope right about the time the niners played the dolphins is right when people are like yeah maybe he doesn't miss him after all <laughs> right uh, the one big name defensive coordinator that's still out there that uh, from outside the organization that people are talking about is Steve Wilkes, who most recently has been with the Carolina Panthers. He was the interim head coach there after being defensive coordinator this year and, and really turned around that season. It's 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 funny how much of a win win, by the way, that Christian McCaffrey trade was because the 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 Panthers not only ran the ball better after McCaffrey, but the whole team got better. And I think it's mostly because of the head coach than anything else. But um, he did a good job there as interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. And then he was a one and done head coach after Bruce Arians with the Arizona Cardinals. So kind of raw deal, never really got a fair shake, I think as head coach in the NFL, but, but it's still been one of the better defensive coordinators around the league. And I know the, the defense is what carried the Panthers uh, recently as well. So Steve Wilkes is definitely a name to look out for, for the 49ers defensive coordinator job, as far as big names that people would recognize from the outside. If they are going to go on the outside and, and get a defensive coordinator, man, I just like what he did with Carolina. And again, a lot of it being a leader of men and being able to instill a certain level of confidence in guys. And whatever it is that he did, he got those guys playing some football to where yep. towards the end of the season, it's like, oh, is Carolina going to make the playoffs? Right. So, uh, you know, at least as a defensive coordinator, I think that would be somebody who it feels like would be well received uh, within the 49ers locker room. Yeah, it's crazy that a defensive coach would become the interim and the offense gets better. Guys like Sam Darnold are starting to play a little bit more decent, right? So, um, and it is, it, I mean, and for like D'Amico Ryans, it's so important that he gets a really good offensive coordinator in there because that I think it's harder to find an offensive coordinator right now in the NFL because the hot offensive coordinators are getting more of the head coaching jobs because it's so much easier to get a defensive coordinator, you know, to have guys like Fangio right. and um and steve wilkes even out there to be able to hire at this point in february you're, you're not finding that level of offensive coordinators you're, you're really trying to give guys their first ever shot to sometimes call plays and they've never done it and uh it can be a dicey proposition i think with everybody running somewhat of a similar offense right now like half the league is running this uh heavy play action heavy personnel set offense yeah. that kind of couch in hand and these other guys and you know everybody has their little different things they do on it but I, I think it's really more so about the players you have. And everybody doesn't have Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. You know, everybody doesn't have that. And I think that, you know, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, I think that helps a lot <laughs> with the success that you have. Absolutely. Let's talk Senior Bowl prospects. Croc was in Mobile, Alabama. Who caught his eye at Senior Bowl practices this week next? Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do 
not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Uh, taste not taxes. Sing hot taxes a lullaby. You get the idea. It's so much better to not do your taxes. Allow a professional at TurboTax to do them for you. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. All right, Croc. Who caught your eye at the Senior Bowl? Is it, Was there some future 49ers out there on the field? Well, I think right away, and you start to kind of get the news about uh, Purdy and his his elbow, and you're like, uh, 49ers, are they going to look? So even if it's late in the draft, find maybe a potential quarterback. And the names that come up, obviously Jake Hayner. But I will say this, shout out to uh, Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. The guy who I thought, and I was there for two days. I, I didn't, um, day three, I ended up driving back home. But the guy who I thought, man, I like how he's throwing the ball. I think things look good. And he still fits that Kyle Shanahan mold, which is um, not the biggest of guys, <laughs> not the biggest arm, mm-hmm. but and he kind of running this off as well, man. And it was it was Max Duggan or Dugan at a TCU. I thought he just throwing those deep overs over the middle, like the, the ball came out of his hand with good uh, velocity and that, that nice little zip. The timing was there when he needed to step up in the pocket. He did so. I thought uh, there were a lot of check downs, but I thought he did a terrific job of, you know what, I'm going to hit these kind of intermediate throws. And he was pretty consistent at that uh, through the first two days. Max Duggan, there you go. Yeah, TCU, they won a lot of football games at TCU. And I love that when a when a quarterback elevates the program. And I think it's really important. And we saw that with Brock Purdy. Won a lot of big games. Guys like Desmond Ritter is who I liked about him last year. Max Duggan, one of those guys. I think Jake Hayner is one of those guys as well. And Jake Hayner is going to go probably later than a lot of local fans. And, you know, he's a Bay Area kid. He's a Fresno State player. So I know a lot of 49ers fans are going to really like Jake Hayner. And I think there's going to be an opportunity. Maybe 49ers maybe to draft uh, a rookie in this class to make sure they've got enough bodies in camp. Maybe even you stash him on a practice squad. But he's six feet even, 208 pounds. It's really small for a quarterback. So he's not physically impressive, doesn't have a big arm. He's a little bit of an older prospect, had some injuries as well. So a lot of things working against Jake Hayner as a prospect. But that fits just fine for the 49ers because the later he goes, the better for the 49ers. Right. And Max Dugan, that's a guy who I know some people are like, he's not going to be a quarterback at the next level. But he looks like a pretty solid quarterback at the Senior Bowl. I'm, I'm excited to watch him Saturday and just see what does it look like live. Because last time we watched him against uh, Georgia, and I get it, Georgia defense, <laughs> but he was completely overmatched. And yeah. I think just his offense in general, like it was just the entire offense. I mean, come on, it was Georgia. But um, he, much, much better uh, going out there and what it looked like uh, at the Senior Bowl. But, man, even for them to get that far, for TCU to be in the place where they're playing against Georgia, it's crazy. He had a really good year numbers-wise, too. 63, almost 64% passer, 3,700 yards, 32 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Really had an awesome senior year. Yeah, a little, uh, little athleticism, get out of the pocket, rollouts. I like that. The 49ers absolutely should. I, I would guess the 49ers add a rookie quarterback with this class, probably a veteran quarterback and a rookie quarterback, just to make sure they've got three guys heading into camp with an unknown of Brock Purdy's injury. And I would expect that to be a later pick. So we'll see when those guys go. Um, I, You know how I feel about the third round running backs. The 49ers have been taken, but I'll be darned if I haven't been super impressed by Ty J Spears out of Tulane. 
some of the clips I've seen from him, dude, is ridiculous. Five, nine and a half, 204 pounds, really important to get over that 200 pound mark because he doesn't look like the biggest guy. And maybe more of a third down sort of a back, maybe a change of pace guy in the NFL. But, you know, something like second rounder, I don't think he's going to get to where the 49ers are drafting late in the third round anyway. But how impressive was he in person? Oh, very impressive. And really between him and Kenny McIntosh, both guys, like the running backs, those guys through the first two days were the most impressive players on the field to me. Uh, but, man, Tajay Spears, that, that's a guy who dominated against USC in the bowl game. Everybody's looking at him like, oh, you know, Tulane, they're the underdogs in this game. They have no chance. And he said, watch this. I'm going to go run for over 200 yards, really put this team on my back against a Pac-12 team. And not just that. If you look at what he did down the stretch, I know a lot of people are not paying attention to Tulane and what's going on there, but they only lost a couple games all year. Like They, they were actually good, and he was a big reason why. The last, I don't know, six or seven games or so, felt like every game he was running for over 150 yards. So this is a guy that they were giving the ball to him consistently, carrying the load. Uh, if there's an area where he can improve, it's, it's going to be that pass protection. And that's the issue for a lot of guys coming in uh, out of out of college because they're just not asked to protect a whole lot. So I think he struggled a little bit early on uh, during the senior bowl week with that. But overall, man, catching the ball, running the ball, like looking at like seeing that breakaway speed, having a nice twitch, he was really good. And then obviously Kenny McIntosh, the running back out of Georgia, he, he looked good as well. Every bit is advertised. Um, I think at the end of day one, he, like, went down and grabbed his knee. And I'm like, oh, man. And then, you know, it's not like you're getting, like, these updates on the injuries. But yeah. next day, he's got right right back out there and still looking really good, catching the ball. The backfield is extremely well. Um, the vision was there. He's breaking long runs. And, you know, they're not tackling. But even then, you could see, you know, what would be a big run, what wouldn't. And between him and Tajay Spears, man, the, both of those guys, extremely impressive. 49ers definitely, you know, the fans don't want to see them draft a running back in, in the third round. But uh, those were two running backs where I'm like, man, these, these guys, these guys are good. They're good. And, and the other thing to remember is when guys aren't getting hit, it can be a little misleading with the, the quick twitch guys. The, you know, the smaller, quicker guys can look a lot better. And then when you get on the field and you're playing 11 on 11, it can be a little bit different when things start getting a little bit more physical. Our guys getting through releases and our, you know, running backs able to run through arm tackles and those types of things. So always something right. to remember when you see highlight plays where it's like a guy on air or a one on one situation. I was pretty disappointed, Croc, to learn that Andre Carter, the second, Six foot six, 252 outside linebacker, edge rusher out of Army, 34 inch arms, really looks the part. I was disappointed that he's not actually Andre Carter, former 49ers great's son. He's a different Andre Carter's son. It, it sounds like he's built just like him, though. Yeah. Exactly like him, basically. Yeah. Uh, long <laughs> arms, like a slender, sort of a, a three, four outside backer, four, three end type of a guy. Does it, did anybody stand out to you on the defensive side of the ball crop? Oh, man, there were a couple guys. Real quick, back over to the offensive side of the ball real quick. Jaden Reed, uh, receiver out of Michigan State, 5'11", 190 pounds. I thought he was twitched up, did a really good job of understanding how to set defensive backs up, get them going upfield, uh, use their leverage against them, uh, catch passes vertically down the field. There was one that everybody's kind of showing the highlight of it, but he was out of bounds. And now, you know, senior bowl is the NFL rules. So one foot doesn't count. So it, it looks good, and people are going to kind of skip over that one detail. But overall, I, I thought he did a really good job. And then on the other side of the ball, a guy who was really challenging receivers throughout this uh, the two days I was there, uh, Julius Brent, 
a cornerback out of Kansas Kansas State, and I I didn't know until you told me that he was a six three corner six three two hundred two pounds. But I thought he moved well. He played with terrific anticipation, and kind of reminded me of a six three two hundred pound cornerback Fortnite has had in the past, which Akello Witherspoon, who had a terrific skill set as well, uh, didn't have the physicality aspect of it. Maybe that physical uh, mindset that Kyle was looking for, but maybe Julius Brins does, and he was one of the leaders. You can see him kind of out there first, uh, going through the drills. A lot of times it was him uh, kind of leading the way for that DB group, but he was a guy I was impressed with, and and, and, it's, and it's even more impressive that I did not know he was as tall as he is, because a lot of times, if I know that you're really tall, um, that's not great, because your movements are longer, uh, uh-huh. the change of direction isn't quite as well, the, the reaction, you got to start try to defend certain type of receivers and you struggle against other types, but none of that occurred to me. So I think that's a, that's a good thing. Hey, look, the 49ers have all these comp picks and, you know, maybe a player could be traded. The 49ers could get up to, you know, maybe even the second round area, late second, even for some prospects. So don't sleep on the prospects that you think are going to be completely gone before the 49ers drafted around pick 100. And, as we know, Croc, every single year, the draft is way more bonkers than any mock draft you're going to actually see. So there's going to be some guys that fall and some guys you think you don't have any opportunity to get. Maybe the 49ers will have an opportunity to get. Uh, I love some of those names, though, you bring it up. Everybody talks about, you know, anytime they see a mock draft, oh, this is terrible. Oh, that never never happened. And like you said, it's even crazier than whatever we think is going to happen. Always, every time. Yeah, every, every single time. The real draft is absolutely bonkers. All right, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Hopefully, Crocs got his power back on for Monday's episode. I guess we got to go live here and do our first off-season live, Croc, because we didn't do a a, 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 a a keys to victory, unfortunately, on today's episode, although there's no Super Bowl this weekend anyway. But uh, we, we got to go live to talk to the folks and, and, and really uh, – talk about everything going on with the 49ers offseason. We're going to start digging deeper into all of the the free agents the 49ers have, free agents the 49ers could bring in, looking at each position by position in the offseason. Of course, a whole bunch more draft conversation and some coach movement as well. Croc and I will be back next week right here, Lockdown 49ers.